I'd like to speak to you on this theme for a few moments this morning, attacking from every angle possible. Attacking from every angle possible. I'm so thankful that as a believer, we have God's Spirit living in us. The moment that we got saved, the moment that you got saved, the Holy Spirit took up residence in your life. And He's there until the Lord returns or until you, uh, you pass away. And that's a beautiful thing to know that God's Spirit is with us. We will never be alone as a Christian. And that Holy Spirit that's in you, if you're saved, of course, that's, if you're not a Christian, you don't have the Holy Spirit in you. But you can have the Holy Spirit in you even as of today if you will trust Christ as Savior. We're asking God to help you to understand that need. But the Holy Spirit is in me as a believer. And if you're a believer, the Holy Spirit is in you for various reasons. One of those reasons is to help us to draw closer to the Lord. One of those reasons is to help us to to be more like Christ. How you doing, Addie? To be more like Christ. Enjoy that. That looks good. That's why the Holy Spirit's in us. He's not there just because. He serves a great purpose. He is a comforter, many other things. But one of the areas is to bring us to look, identify, to look more like Christ than we were when we got saved. And we ought to be looking more like Christ, not necessarily on an outward way, but in how we conduct ourselves. We should be coming more like Christ. Now, we also have an enemy who is trying to do the exact opposite in your life and mine. Satan is trying, if you're a Christian, Satan is trying to keep you and to keep me from becoming more like Christ. He's trying to keep us from the fruit of the Spirit, identifying them in our life and showing them to others on a daily basis. He's trying to keep us from speaking about Jesus Christ at work and uh, at home and wherever we are. He's trying to keep us from identifying that we in identifying that we look or speak or act more like Christ. And so really, there's, a, as I said in our theme, there's an attack going on uh, from the enemy in my life and in your life to prevent us from uh, accomplishing what God would have us do. Now, I'm thankful that we have the Holy Spirit of God in us, and the Word of God tells me that greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world. So it's not that we have the Holy Spirit of God, uh, who is all-powerful, by the way, omnipotent, all-powerful, and then we have our enemy, who is also all-powerful, and it's up to us uh, to which one we yield to. No, our enemy is not all-powerful. Satan is not all-powerful. God is all-powerful. And you have God in you. I have God in me, in the Holy Spirit of God. And so uh, 
Greater is he that is in me. And that's something that we want to meditate on. We want to think about all the time. Because again, uh, Christ uh, or the Holy Spirit is wanting to conform us to be more like Christ. But the enemy is doing the complete opposite. And I sense to me, I don't know about you, but I sense to me that the enemy is tempting More and more, not less and less. It's not that we're to worry, but we need to be prepared. We need to be prepared. There's a difference between a testing in our life and a tempting in our life. Think about this statement. God tests us that we may rise. Satan tempts us that we may fall. God tests us that we may rise. God, why is this in my life? So that you can rise. So that you can be stronger. So that you can be a greater voice for me. Not for me, for God. So you can be a greater voice for God. Satan, though, is tempting me and is tempting you all the time. uh, Not that we can rise, but so that we can fall. There are at least three trinities in the world. So follow along in this introduction. Number one, we have the trinity that we speak of in the Bible. And that is the trinity of God. God is a father. God is father. God is son. And God is Holy Spirit. That is a trinity that we uh, believe is taught in the word of God. Then we have the trinity that is within each of us here today. What is that? That is the body, that is the soul, and that is the spirit. Each one of you that are here today have all three of those. I know you have a body because I'm looking at it right now, okay? You know I have a body because you're looking at mine right now. But I also know that you have a soul. Now, if you're a Christian here today, that soul is alive. And that soul uh, was given life the very moment that you said yes to Jesus. When you said yes to Jesus, then your soul was brought alive. If you're not a Christian here today, your soul is still dead. Dead. But it can be made alive by the power of Lord Jesus Christ. Notice, if you will, verse number one of our text. It says, and you hath he quickened who were what? Dead. Okay, what is dead in this verse is your soul and my soul. Without Christ, it's dead, but it needs to be quickened. Quickened means to be made alive, to be made alive. This can only happen uh, by um, the Lord Jesus Christ. It can only happen because God the Father provided a way. Look at verse 4. We did not read it, um, but let's, I'll read it now. But God, so we read those first three verses, and then, but God, who is rich in mercy, his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were, what church? Dead in our sins, in sins, hath quickened us. What's that word quicken mean? Made alive. So the soul was dead, and when we said yes to Jesus, 
And when we said, you know what? He's the only way. He's the only truth. The only life. I'm turning to Christ. I'm turning away from religion. I'm turning away from my own good works. I'm turning away from unbelief. I'm turning to the Lord Jesus Christ. And the minute that happened, un it's unbelievable, honestly, but your soul and my soul came to life. Never to die again, by the way. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Praise God, my soul is never going to die because of the promise that we have in the word of God. And then we have that spirit, the body, the soul, and the spirit. Then we have the trinity that is beneath us. The world, the flesh, and the devil. Trinity number three. These are the... These are what or who, I guess are attacking us from every angle. Let's turn in our Bibles to back, uh, or no, excuse me, to, um, oh, we're right there, sorry, to verse 2 of our text. Notice Paul writes to the church at Ephesus, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world. Okay, so there is the world. According to the prince and power of the air. There is the devil. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we had all our conversation, verse 3, in times past in the lust of the flesh. And so here we have the course of the world. Then we have the prince of the power of the air. That's the devil. And then we have the lust of the flesh. Uh, and so there's the flesh, all right? So we have the world, the flesh, and the devil. This is something that is attacking us all the time. Now, again, this is not a, uh, really meant to be something of discouragement. It's more of a, a reminder of what we face on a daily basis prepared to be more like Christ at the end of the day or at the end of a week or at the end of a season of challenges or difficulties and that we don't allow the world, the flesh, or the devil to gain any ground in our life because they're after it and they're after it all the time. And by the way, they are there at temptation that comes your way. Now remember, Satan is trying to tempt us to make us what? Fall, all right? Satan is trying to tempt us to make us what? Fall. Let's not forget that. God is trying to test us to cause us to what? Rise, to grow. So Satan, God never tempts us with, to sin. God tests us that we might grow, that we might rise. So let's look at these three quickly. And let's turn to 1 John chapter 2 quickly, please. 1 John chapter 2. So what is the world, all right? 
We say the world. Are we talking about, you know, every country in the world? Is that what that means? No, that's not what it means. Uh, it's not the globe. It's not the map I have on my wall that, you know, I go in there every day and this map is attacking me. Uh, no, that's not the case. So what is the world? Well, God tells us what the world is in 1 John 2 and verse number 16. For all that is in the world, here is the world. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the word lust is desire. Another, another description for it is a desire. And the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the what? The world. So this is the world. Three things. The lust of the flesh. What does this mean? Everything that my physical body has desired. It doesn't mean that it's always wrong, by the way. Okay? Now, as we go back to the beginning of time, beginning of creation, when there were only two people alive, one named Adam and one named Eve, we find played out for us in the Garden of Eden, these three things come into play right away. First thing that we see that came into play was the lust of the flesh. The Bible says that Eve, or this thought about how good the fruit would taste. There's no way she took of that fruit uh, just because one day she happened to be walking by it. It was something that had been building in her that was a That is the love of the flesh. It is a desire to have. Has this desire. The lust of the flesh. Number two. The lust ice. Again, right here in 1 John 2.16. Everything that my eyes have seen that I have ever wanted to have. The Bible says the fruit was pleasant to Eve's eyes. So you see what's happening. The lust of the flesh, something that my body desires. And the lust of the eyes, uh, Satan brings it across my path. Remember, Satan is tempting me that I might fall. So I've thought about it. Now I'm seeing it. And so it, he, that's why we need to cast down imaginations in every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of Christ. That's why we, we need to let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. We need to guard our mind so that the, the, we don't sit around and think about sin, so that we don't sit around and think about whatever it may be that is displeasing to God, that it stops right there, that if the thought comes in, we cast it down, and we use, and, and because what? We have power to do that through the Holy Spirit of God. We, can, we don't have to let it sit in our mind. But Satan is a master deceiver, as we've said over and over again. I don't think we can say it too many times that he's a master deceiver and he'll convince you and he'll convince me that we can have it and think about it and think about it and think about it. But I'm telling you what, he's only getting you ready for the eyes because the eyes are next. Lust of the eyes. And he's bringing us to number three, which is the pride of life. 
What is the pride of life? The pride of life is everything that uh, we have ever wanted to be or become. It is place in our life where we live for superiority people. We try to impress others even with deception. Even, we even do that, and maybe I say, um, uh, I just lost the word I wanted, innocent way, but I can't use the word innocent because the pride of life, there's nothing innocent about it, but we even try to do that amongst ourselves. I think of these three things, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, and it reminds me of, the advertising world, I'm not saying the advertising world is wrong. That's not the point. But a successful ad is appealing. You know, that pizza ad that comes on. <laughs> or that ad that comes on. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Man, you pull that piece of pizza out and all the cheese. Who does that at my house? I don't know how they get They slow-mo it, right? It's a thing. Again, not saying it's wrong. But in a, on the other side, Satan is using these things against me and against us. We're living in a world today, when we say, what is the world? We just gave you three things. But we're, before we move on to what is the flesh, would you go with me to Isaiah chapter 5? Please. Isaiah chapter 5. It is really amazing when you read God's word how up to date, up to date, it's not out of date, okay? I've had people tell me that. But it's actually up to date. And here is a verse that I don't know how many other verses in the Bible could be more up-to-date than this one. Now, there's probably one. I'm just saying for this message this morning, Isaiah 5.20. Isaiah gives a warning. This, this was written thousands of years ago. And here we are on the 13th day of August, 2023. This was thousands of years ago. And yet, this might as well have been written this morning. Verse 20. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes. Think about that statement. Wise in their own eyes. I know what's best for me. I know what's best for me. Uh, you know, maybe you do, but, you know, maybe God knows what's best for me. 
what's best for you. I don't want to be wise in my own eyes. I want God to be leading me and God to be directing me. And on and on it goes there. But verse 20, I wanted to really uh, consider the world we live in today could be depicted by this one verse of Scripture among others, but, among, uh, but definitely this one verse of Scripture. Where evil is good and good evil. People that preach the Bible are now, uh, you know, uh, bigots and homophobes and all the rest of it. By the way, don't expect that to get any worse or get any better. Don't expect that to stop. That's only going to intensify. And I'm not necessarily saying let's go out and pick a fight. No, we don't need to go out and pick a fight. Let's go out and speak truth. But I will tell you, the further along we get, speaking truth is not going to be received. So don't be discouraged. Be encouraged. Because it only means the Lord is coming sooner. Okay? Now let's not be, we're, we're, we're not going and all doing all this stuff and, and again picking a fight and all this. We're going to speak the truth in love because that's what the Word of God tells us to do. But we've got to speak the truth. We can't, we can't be like a turtle. He just rolls up in his shell and says, I'll come around. I've always wanted a turtle. No hands are good, but I want a turtle. One of these days, maybe I'll get a turtle. But let's not be a turtle. And go right into our shell because we don't know what to say. Hey, let's learn what to say. Let's study the scriptures that we might have an answer for the reason of the hope that lies within us. You know, as a pastor, it's my responsibility to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. You realize it's not the job of the pastor to do all the ministry. In fact, his servant, if the pastor does, I'm not saying this pastor does, we know that the job of the pastor, again, is to equip the believers for the work of the ministry. And we're all the laborers together with God. I'm so thankful for that. But we need to be able to know what is. Not so we can just, so when someone challenges our faith, again, the world is going to challenge our faith. Get ready. If you haven't already had that challenge, it's coming. And that doesn't mean, again, that we a turtle Christian. It means that we swallow and we ask the Lord for his help under our breath quickly, kind of like good old Nehemiah. Remember Nehemiah? He didn't have really long to have an all-night prayer meeting there when things were, were going the way they were going. And the king said, why do you look so sad? I'm saying, may we know what we believe and why we believe it so that we can say we know what is good. Not because the pastor told us it's good or because our brother in Christ told us it's good, but because God's word told us it's good. And also God's word tells us what is evil. world the world is leading many to fulfill the lust of the flesh the, the eye as well as the pride of life number two what is the flesh we're talking about it this this attack that is coming from all angles all the time again it's not a discouragement it's just so that we know 
the flesh. Let's go to Romans at chapter number 7. Romans 7. No one is immune to this attack. As a believer, you are not immune to it. You might have a, a lull in it. And again, hey, it's not meant to say, oh man, we're under attack all the time. What are we going to do? No. Let's equip ourselves. Let's put on the armor of God. Let's go out. Uh, Kevin preached the message on Thursday night here about the greatest of these is love. Uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 13. And a more excellent way, the last verse of verse chapter 12, which was our theme here at Anchor Baptist Church several years back. And let's go out with the love of God in our hearts to this world that is a mess. But we've got the answer because we've got the message for those that are a mess. And it can bring them out of that mess. But we also have the flesh. Romans 7, 18. The Apostle Paul writes, for I know, for I know, for I know. Probably you could say this with Paul as well, for I know. If you don't, I'm telling you right now, you can say it. For I know that in me, notice the parentheses, that is in my what? Flesh. Paul says, I know this. I don't have to be told this. I already know this because I live very close to me. He says, that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me. But notice this, but how? Don't miss that word. Don't miss that word. But how? There's something in me that has a, has a will to do what is right but how to perform that is good, I find that. He says, I, I don't find it in my flesh. And he's right. You won't find it in yours either. You won't find it in yours. See, my flesh, myself, is really the curse of my life before I got saved and after I got saved. Think about life. Think before I got saved, self is clothed in rags. I'm talking about spiritually speaking. Self is clothed in rags. After I got saved, self becomes respectable. It just gets better clothes on, so to speak. And we got to be careful because it's still self. It does, it's still flesh, okay? So before I got saved, we could just say it this way. My flesh was, um, uh, was in rags. Think about it like that, okay? And then after I got saved, now my flesh has, you know, better threads on, as they say. Maybe I don't say that anymore. But, you know, that's really what it is. But what is it still? It's still the flesh. Just because it looks better now doesn't mean that it is dead. It's still alive. By the way, Satan doesn't care what my flesh looks like as long as my flesh dominates me. Think about this. 
Satan doesn't care what your flesh looks like. So even when you get saved, Satan doesn't really care because Satan knows you and I still have a flesh. He doesn't care if you make it look better, make it talk a little better or whatever. We don't need a reformation. We need a regeneration. So we don't need to reform the flesh. We need to kill it. You can't reform the flesh. We need to die to the flesh. We need to die to self. We'll talk about that here in just a minute. So Satan doesn't care what myself looks like as long as my flesh is dominating. And by the way, this is, this is when many a Christian, when many a Christian is, as we say, shipwrecked. This is when many a Christian is backslidden. That's another term that we use. What's happening? Here's what's happening. I'll tell you what's happening. Their flesh is dominating them. And in some ways, they either don't know what to do, as he said. Paul said, how? Right? Or they're at a place, I'm talking about Christians now, or they're at a place where they don't care anymore. That can happen. And what is it? I personally don't believe that they're not saved. I believe they're dominated by the flesh. And Satan says, that's good. Because that's his goal. Once I get saved, Satan can't take my soul. Remember we said our soul is made alive. But now he wants to still attack me that my flesh dominates. Uh, let's quickly go to Galatians 5. I hope the Holy Spirit of God, I pray, excuse me, that the Holy Spirit of God is speaking to your heart. Now, if you're not saved, the Holy Spirit of God is speaking to your heart that you need to get saved. Don't leave here today without being saved. I can't make you. I would never try that. The Holy Spirit of God is saying right now, yeah, you need to get saved. Don't say no to the Holy Spirit of God because there will come a day, I believe this, there will come a day where you say no the last time. Your heart can be hardened. You'll... you'll the Bible says you would even believe a strong lie or a delusion. Don't say no to the Holy Spirit of God. God loves you. If you're a Christian, I pray that the Holy Spirit of God is maybe revealing something in your life right now about the world or about the flesh. Galatians 5.19 Here we have a very alarming list. Paul writes... Of works of the flesh are manifest. That word manifest, it means they are made known. Which are these? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness. These that we did are all sins against morality. They're all sins against another word that we don't really use as much in our English language right now, we did years ago, is the word chastity, purity. These are all sins against that. These are sins that 
the flesh can do. And again, Satan is saying to us today, or Satan is attempting for us to be about works. And when we're involved in these sins, we're not drawing. Remember, remember the opening statements? The Holy Spirit of God is in us to make us be more like Christ. But we also have this enemy who uses the who, threefold enemy, world, fle- world, flesh, and devil, who are trying to do the opposite. So if I'm leaning toward world, flesh, and devil, I can guarantee you something. I'm not getting closer to Christ. I'm not getting closer to becoming more like Christ. In fact, I'm looking more like I'm not even saved than I'm a Christian. You know what that does? That totally ruins my witness. Especially if my coworkers know that I'm involved in this sin. How can I tell them about Jesus? Especially if my schoolmates know that I'm involved in this sin, how could I ever tell them about Jesus? On and on it goes. You, you, you get what I'm saying there. Verse 20, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies. not going to lose their salvation but if someone has a someone has a lifestyle of these things and it's continuous and it's continuous and it's continuous and it just keeps on going and keeps on going and keeps on going then I wonder does that person even have the Holy Spirit of God living in them at all because if we have the Holy Spirit of God living in us we would be the most miserable person on the place of the planet because we would be getting chastised by the Holy Spirit of God over and over and over again. Galatians 3.3, Paul said, Are ye so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are ye now made perfect by the flesh? You see, the goal of Satan within the flesh is that you and I would live a life of self-pleasure. It feels good, let's do it. No, not the way to live our life. That's the way the flesh says, though. So we have the world, we have the flesh. And then we have number three, and lastly, we have the devil. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 11, please. We have the devil. Thank you. Let's hear. Honestly, it's my prayer. It's been my prayer all week. We would have a, a church that is becoming more like Christ. To do that, I believe we need to hear this admonition. 
We'll read from 2 Corinthians in just a moment. The we are to Christ, the more certain we will become that the devil is not our friend. Let me say that again. The nearer we are to Christ, the more certain we will become that the devil is not our friend. I say that because of what we're going to read in just a moment. Because Satan, as we know, I hope we know this, and I don't want to assume that we know this, but Satan is real. Okay? He's not a, a costume at Halloween, okay? He's real. And by the way, he doesn't look like that costume anyway. In fact, he would look very appealing. He would look very receivable. And, and we see that in 2 Corinthians 11. Let's, let's look to the Scriptures and see what it says in verse number 14. Let's, let's, um, let's go up to verse... Um, 13 first, for such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel. So Paul says, that's not surprising. Why? For Satan himself. I mean, the leader of the false apostles, the leader of the deceitful workers, the, lead, the leader... Look at what it says here. Transforming themselves, verse 13, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. There's people all over Burnaby and Vancouver that are fake. Talk. And it's like everything's right. Because they're following their leader. It's not God. Look what it says in the next verse. And no marvel for Satan himself. I mean, the one who told God, I want to be on the throne. Move. You know, the audacity of Lucifer. The created angel who had, a, who had everything but the throne. He said, I want that. I, 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 right? You know that, you know that passage of scripture? And yet it says here that Satan himself transformed himself. Notice, not into darkness. Now he is other, he is darkness, but notice, transformed himself into an angel of what? Light. I, I believe that's telling us that our enemy is real and our enemy is the deceiver and our enemy looks good. All those. He's an angel of light. Okay? He, he, he's not whatever per perception we may have of him. He, he, he really looks good and he, he, he presents himself well, and, but he's a deceiver.
And we must we must be spirit filled. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. We must be. Or else, I, you can tell me, because we've all, we've all been duped. Duped by the devil. We don't want a DBD, alright? Duped by the devil. But it happens. But we won't be duped by the devil if we're spirit-filled, because we will recognize his devices. And we'll say, no, not this time. Not this time. Yield not to temptation. For yielding is sin, not the temptation, but the yielding. We can say no. You know, there's some things, a lot of times we think Satan's going to roll out one of these works of the flesh. Now, sometimes he does. But I want to show you something quickly. I don't want to belabor it too much and... Um, Maybe it's, we're, we're about done here. But I don't want to miss this. Turn to 2nd, uh, no. Yeah, turn to 2nd Corinthians 4. You're in 2nd Corinthians, just go back a few pages, please. We're looking for that final approach here. Let's not rush the Lord, though. Satan can and will and has, and he'll do it again, We'll use several things in our life. I want to give you three. One, he will use discouragement regularly in your life and mine. Now, that's not a work of the flesh. But Satan will use discouragement in your life and mine on a regular basis to keep us from drawing closer to the Lord. So let's be ready for it. Ready for it. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 8, the Bible says, we are troubled on every side. <laughs> there it is. Every side. I mean, from the front, from the side, from the other side, from the back. From angles you never heard of. <laughs> you know, new angles, right? We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed. Oh, we are perplexed. What is going on here? But not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. We are cast down, but not destroyed. Skip down to verse 16. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward men perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. We know that Satan is coming. We know that the flesh is We know that the world is So what do we got to do? Day by day. We do that with the word of God. We do that with meditating on the scriptures. We do that with maybe, we've said it before, that it's very important. I know I said bring them back, but if you have one and you bought it, fine, whatever. But if you don't, didn't buy it, that's fine too. But everybody needs a hymn book. Maybe it's not this one. Maybe you've got another hymn book in your home. But sometimes it's not inspired like the Bible. But sometimes some of these songs, many of these songs were written in times of discouragement. Read David. If you want to read David, you know, read the Psalms, you know. Many times in there he was, you know, being on the chase by his, 
uh, by his father-in-law and all the rest of it. And we read those psalms and they can, I'm saying that our spirit can be renewed. I just turned to the page randomly and it, I belong to the king. <laughs> Hallelujah. What, what, what else can you, what else can help, right? I belong to the king. And the other one was, I know whom I have believed, but I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Our spirit is renewed. Notice what it says here. For our light affliction, our light affliction, which is not for a moment. I've had this numbness of my feet and I'm not trying to look for sympathy. I, I'm, I'm being very transparent right now, but it's been two months. Maybe it's going to last forever. I don't know. But you know what the, Paul said? It's light affliction. Because what is it doing? I pray this for me. I pray you'll pray this for me. And I know you've had many more things to deal with in your life. I'm not, I'm not saying anything about what I'm dealing with because God is good. Which is but for a moment worketh for us. What? For me? <laughs> that doesn't sound right. A lot of times we would say it worketh against us. That's not what Paul said. Paul said it's working for me. For, uh, but, but, uh, where? I lost my place here. For a light of things, but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of what? Glory. What, what, our, what is our whole purpose? What is our whole purpose for being a Christian? To build a big church? No. What is our whole purpose for being a Christian? To, to bring everybody in the world to Jesus? No. Those are good things. But our whole purpose in being Christian, for thou hast created uh, that thou might bring glory power for thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure they are and were created my my goal my prayer is that i bring glory to god what does that mean by the way to make god look good you know how we can make god look good we can go through discouragement with looking at it at a different way and saying okay this is a work for me not against me because it's letting me have an opportunity to bring glory to God. Second thing that he will use, let's go to Ephesians 6. He uses a lot more than three, but is, is the word doubt. The word doubt. So we're talking about who is the devil. Well, he uses doubt. So what do we do? Well, we throw in the town quit. No, that's not the Bible says in Ephesians 6 and verse 16, part of the armor of God that we mentioned earlier. Paul says, above all, don't miss those two words, above all. Don't miss shield. Above all, taking the shield of faith. So that's what we do. Doubt comes. We look, we look, we look at our, in our wardrobe and we go to our wardrobe and if you have one or whatever you have, it's fine and we, you know, we're moving, 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 moving. We look in there for one piece. The shield of faith. And we reach in every day and we grab that shield of faith because he said put on the armor of God, didn't he? It may just be an exercise in our mind, but I think it's a good exercise. We take that shield of faith and we put it on. You can't see it. 
It goes with all your outfits, ladies. No matter what color you picked out for the day, the shield of faith will work. Guys too, okay, if you're that. <laughs> and guess what? When doubt comes, we look down. Oh, hey. God's good. I don't have to doubt him. He's faithful. We have the shield of faith. And then thirdly, we talked about this a few weeks ago. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but Satan will use division. He will use division. Proverbs 6, 16 talks about the, the things that the Lord hates. One of them is sowing discord among the brethren. And, but Satan will use division. He'll use division at church. He'll use division at home. I think I gave you the wrong text for the, that verse, but let's go to Proverbs 6. That's what I meant to say. Yeah, that's right. These six things that the Lord hate, a seven are abomination unto him. Verse 19, a false witness that speaketh lies. And he that sowed discord among the brethren. Satan uses division. He'll use these three things over and over again. In your life and mine. Again, his goal is to cause us to fall. Our spiritual battle today and every day is with the world. The world says, conform to me. Our spiritual battle is with the flesh. The flesh says, satisfy me. Our spiritual battle is with the devil. The devil says, worship me. So what do we do? These three things, and we're done. Number one, 1 2.15, Jesus, the Bible said, love not the world. So my, my, my combatants is a non-conformance. World. I'm not going to conform to the world. I'm not going to love the world. Secondly, the flesh says, satisfy me. So what must I do? I must die daily. 1 Corinthians 15, 31. I must die to self. By the way, I honestly believe that this should be done every day. And, and if not, maybe even more time a day. Because it's amazing. The flesh or the self uh, is somehow bounces back quickly even after we've killed it and and lastly the devil says worship me it's going to require us saying god you're number one in my life jesus christ you have the preeminence in my life matthew 6 but seek ye first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you so every angle the world, flesh, and the devil. But the good news is, no matter the angle, we have the weapon that we need, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And not only that, we have in us as Christians, we have God's Spirit indwelling in us to help us to understand how to use this sword, to help us to be ready for What's coming? And it might even be within us. Because remember he said, in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. And so I say, as 
one hymn writer said in our songbook that we are on the winning side. We're on the winning side. We're not defeated because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Let's bow our heads and let's close our eyes and let's just meditate for a few moments as we'll go to an invitation. Let me ask first, with our heads bowed and eyes closed, let me ask, is there anyone here today that you would say, Pastor, pray for me because I'm not even sure I'm saved. Pastor, if I died tonight, if I died tonight, I don't know if I would be in heaven or not. Pray for me. I'm not sure that I'm saved. I won't come to you and embarrass you, but I would like to pray for you. Pastor, pray for me. I'm not sure that if I died today, I would go to heaven, and I'm concerned about that. Pray for me. Is there anyone like that? You just slip your hand up quickly. I'm not sure that I'm a Christian. I'm not sure that I'm a Christian. I'll pray for you. Anyone at all? I did not see anybody raise their hand. If you're not sure about that, okay, I see your hand. I'll pray for you. Thank you for raising your hand. Is there anyone else? Not sure I'm a Christian, Pastor Turner. Pray for me. If you're not sure about that, when this meeting is over, I'll be up here at the front. There's others as well. We'd love to take the Bible and show you what it means not to be a Baptist, to be a Christian. They were called Christians first at Antioch. How, do, how does someone become a Christian? For those of us that know the Lord as our Savior, we are not immune to the world, the flesh, and the devil. But God has given us every tool we need to overcome. Possibly there's something area of your life that God spoke to you about this morning. You don't have to tell me about it. You don't have to tell anybody about it. But I hope you'll talk to the Lord about it. I hope we'd be willing, if, if we need to confess something, we'd be willing to do that. I hope we'd be willing, if, if the Holy Spirit is convicting us about something that needs to just be totally removed from our life, it is not pleasing to the Lord, it needs to be removed. I pray that we would just obey the Lord. 